Welcome, everyone, to the very first District Church podcast where we have unscripted, unscripted conversations that form us. Get that in your memory banks. Unscripted conversations that form us. A heavy emphasis on the unscripted for uh, some grace. I'm one of the conversationalists, Travis, or as I'm known in my neighborhood, Travis. I thought we were going to do the thing where we announce each other. Oh, this sorry. is Travis. Can you say my name? Is it Mitt or Matt? No, Matt. Your name is Matt. This is Matt Cantrell, who is another conversationalist in this podcast. So thanks for joining us for the first one. This is meant to be a supplement. Maybe while you're driving in your car and you want the nice, soothing sounds of two guys named Travis and Matt to mm. talk to you about everything district, everything following Jesus, and everything that really is important to us in our lives. So everything. Yes, everything. We'll talk about Jesus, following Jesus, worshiping Jesus, being a community of Jesus followers. We'll talk about KU basketball and football. Probably less on the football side. We'll give it another week, and then we'll let that cool down. We'll talk about the fact that I enjoy Chipotle. Matt enjoys Chipotle with but not other with Travis. people, not with me, um, and many other interesting quirks and facts. So, Hopefully more of what we didn't talk about than those couple of things, other than the Jesus parts. There's going to be things that you have questions about. Like if you're seeing this in a video, you're wondering why is there zebras on the wall behind you? Well, the answer would be we are in Matt's basement, and Matt's sister and brother-in-law do ministry in South Africa, the region, and, and the country. country <laughs> which one of us recently learned out uh, learned about the fact that those are both uh, titles for the area, not just a region, not just a country. Both. Them together. Both. Both. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the way we're starting this off is just talking about uh, in a little, a little bit greater depth, maybe getting some, some more foundation on this, this sermon series that we're going through right now. Maybe uh, we could call it the cutting floor, what, what was left and not added in or hasn't been added in yet. I know you have more material and more things you want to discuss uh, than even you can fit into a 30 to uh, an hour and a half long sermon. Uh, so maybe that'd be a good place to start. We're going through uh, a sermon series that, that is based upon a book that you've been processing through for eight months. Yeah, probably about eight months. Eight months. Yeah. Uh, Live No Lies, a book by John Mark Comer. Uh, you kind of started this this week, Sunday, just giving us kind of a primer, a foundation, just uh, giving us some some terms, defining some things as we move forward. Um, you spoke for 45? It, are we talking heaven time or earth time? Because in heaven, I don't believe they have a clock. Is that... That's true. The sun is the sun, so there's no... There's, it's just... Man. So, and we're trying to have heaven invade earth. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> it was 45 minutes earth You time. are very slippery. <laughs> so, 45 minutes for a foundation, uh, for this series as an introduction, uh, if I gave you 45 seconds or somewhere around there, let heaven time kind of invade just a bit, uh, what would you say was the main message? What do you want people to kind of start with for those who either got to listen this last week um, or maybe jumping in a week late? 
I think the main um, theme that, and this is probably what, what why I think I've been processing some of the content from it, is um, we live in a world that really has a hard time grasping truth. Every day we are inundated with information and opinion and ideas, and I don't think many of us know how to get to the truth of hmm. much of what we read or hear or see. Yeah. And as Christ followers, I think it's even more difficult because we do have what we say is the truth. It's the word of God. It's following Jesus. But we become increasingly more busy and distracted and time in the word kind of takes a back seat. Um, and which is, which is scary in this endeavor to find truth because Jesus says he is the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, he is te he's telling us in John 8, which is what we just studied, that even people who said they were children of God, Jesus says you're actually children of the devil. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because they, they actually are against truth, which Jesus is himself truth. And so um, it, it is timely because I think the word truth is polarizing. I think what yeah. is true about what we hear, see, and are listening to or, or reading. And um, so the whole idea that we're, that we're uh, reading, like that, that Comer brings up in his book, that, that Jesus points out in his ministry is spiritual warfare is not like, hey, here's demons, here's disasters, like tsunamis and tornadoes, here's diseases. But real spiritual warfare begins first with believing truth over lies. Mm -hmm. And I think that many of us um, find ourselves like we, we relate to that because we're like we have believed things either about ourselves, about God, about other people that are not true and have affected us. And so um, lies that we believe aren't just dangerous. They can really be deadly. They mm -hmm. can they can really um, keep us from growing spiritually. They can uh, things we can we believe can make us angry, and that's where we talked about like this whole like I believe, then I become, and then I behave. Mm -hmm. That that's kind of gospel uh, um, formation, and uh, so I just I just think it's so important for us to ask ourselves what is truth, and how do we how do we get to truth. Um, combating the lies that have come up in our lives. So that's the foundation of what we'll build on for the next several weeks. Yeah, yeah, I think that phrase, the three-part, uh, like you described the, the gospel as like the process is uh, believe, become, and then behave, and just how counter that is to, to maybe the narrative, the mental maps, if you will, all of these things uh, that we've kind of been raised in. It's different from how the world kind of approaches it. Can you speak into that anymore? Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, everybody has, when, when we think about like a mental map, um, which Christian's mental map is just faith, and faith is how we live our lives. We're supposed to put faith over our lives, and it's supposed to take us to the destination. And um, If you have, a mental map is like, I'm laying out, uh, I know exactly how to get to work because I take the same streets and roads, and it's memorized in my head, and and I know that my mental map is true if I arrive at my destination. Many of us, though, have mental maps that have not led us to a destination or have led us to chaos or ruin, but we've continued using them for whatever reason. And Jesus, I think, is constantly telling us, 
I, I am the mental map for life. Hmm. I am the destination. I'm the direction. And yep. so lay this, lay the word of God over your life, lay the presence of Jesus over your life, and, and let him begin to show you. And when Jesus begins to show you his mental map for life, what he begins with is first, what do you believe? Yep. And then you, you, once you believe truth, you become a, a, a product of him. You become his apprentice, his disciple, his, his follower, and you begin to um, see transformation take place, mm-hmm. a change in your perspective, a perspective, a change in your value system, a change in your morality even, which we'll talk about in, the, in, the next, in this next week. And then from that place of you believe, you're becoming, and out of that becoming, you're behaving. And you're behaving not to, um, you know, put up a front or a mask for anyone, but you're actually behaving out of the person that you're becoming. Hmm. Um, because you actually have a, a, a true mental map. And we said, you know, truth is um, uh, uh, the right correspondence to reality. Right, like that—that that it, it's true if it's real, and uh, and so um, believing, becoming, and behaving is a real process that Jesus mm-hmm. has for us. That we we see us arriving at a better destination. Yeah, I think that's really powerful because we call Jesus's kingdom like the upside down kingdom. His teachings are like paradoxical; they're flipped, basically, from what you would think in most. Religious teaching would flip it almost, behave a certain way, and then you will become something better. Uh, I don't know how necessarily you fit the believe in there. Maybe you can add on to that. But I, those first two, it's like you need to achieve something or you need to work in order to achieve something, and then you are what you're supposed to be. Yeah. Well, I think one of the most dangerous things about some of my own mental maps is that over the course of time, I think some, some by accident and some intentionally, is the belief part, I I almost started to develop a mental map that did not include Jesus as a part of it. Hmm. And I found that I could accomplish some things in my life where I didn't need Jesus, or I perceived that I didn't need Jesus, right? So yep. I, I began to live life in my own power and think that I understood right and wrong my own way, right. which is what, again, we're going to jump into this week. Jesus has a con- or the the uh, Satan has a conversation with Eve. Mm. Where does the problem begin? It begins when she thinks she can navigate right and wrong without God. Mm-hmm. God's told her right and wrong. He's, he's told her what to do. Yeah, and and she gets she gets this deceiving line from Satan that's like, "Did God say that?" Hmm. You know, he questions God. Yeah. And God's existence and presence and reality. Mm-hmm. He questions Eve's discernment. And before you know it, she's scrambled in her brain and is like, well, yeah, yeah I could live like him. Right. And that, so, so I think the belief part is that we begin to develop mental maps. Many of us don't know this, but we've developed mental maps that don't, that, that aren't from Jesus. Yeah. And even, even when we're in the church, we've developed um, and almost segmented parts of our lives where Jesus has um, some direction for us, but but for a large sum of what we do, we're not really reliant on him. We're not really asking him what's right or wrong. We're not really letting scripture overlay our lives 
and and lead us in a direction. And so we're left trying to figure out truth and lies all on our own. Mm-hmm. Or we're getting lost in an I- ideology, right? Where we're like, um, I'm going to sway with a political party. And I think what we find more and more and more in our culture is neither political party really answers the deepest questions. And so we're wrestling with with big truths and 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 we don't necessarily know what to do with them and we're just trying our best mm-hmm. like we're trying our best to navigate it all and i think that's works based we're trying to figure it out we're trying to understand it and make sense of it and jesus is saying i am truth yeah and overlay my mental maps replace your mental maps for mine and let me yeah let me lead you in- inwardly yeah i think it's an interesting concept to think like in the church at least on one end i think most of us would want to say that my like truth is is what jesus says and almost caricature the other side kind of like the more secular of like completely like on i don't know how well this is gonna work but like uh on the other side the opposite pole is truth decided completely apart from god but i would i would say that from my interaction with most people it feels like the middle ground is more populated by by people who are going to church, who are trying to learn about Jesus, which is like, I have uh, a life where I've kind of made some mental maps. I've decided things, whether uh, inadvertently or intentionally, like, this is my worldview. This is how I live. And then it's like, oh, Jesus also, I forgot about him. I need to place him on top. Yeah. Which, um, that is like, what it's like oil and water. Those yeah. things don't necessarily mix at the same time, which is a really scary thing. And if we're talking about lies and the devil, like, of course, there's going to be some areas for deception there. So rather than, like, completely saying truth, Jesus is truth, everything he says is going to apply for me, and that's how I'm going to live my life, it feels a lot easier uh, or natural, at least for me, to go, all right, I have these foundational things that I understand, that I believe, even if I'm not choosing to believe them day in and day out, and then, oh, I need to add Jesus in there, I need to try and filter it through. And yeah. sometimes it feels like what Jesus is saying, even to the Pharisees, like in this situation, is like, no, these two don't go together. Mm-hmm. They don't mix. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it makes me think, too, like, um, that we talked about this with like the gospel saturation piece, but when you think about your phone, it has an operating system and it has apps. Mm-hmm. And so truth and lies is very much related to operating system and apps because whether I think often we build an operating system and we piece an operating system together, but we're more concerned with the apps that we have and Mm. the apps are how things work in our lives. And so when we encounter a problem where we're like, I need help with time management or I need something that'll hold my receipts or I need, um, you know, something to track all the games on, you know, that I can keep track of scores. We download apps that are how that answer the question of how, Mm -hmm. but, but, it's the operating system that's most important. All of your apps run off of this operating system. Hmm. And so if, if our operating system is not Jesus, it is something. And whatever the operating system is in our lives, if it's not truth, 
then the how will continue. We'll keep asking how, 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 and we'll just add apps, apps, apps. And then before you know it, you have so many apps running so many different things. You can't tell right from left, up from down. Mm -hmm. And you've overwhelmed your operating system and you get confused. And that's when you get adrift and lost in life. And I think that's what most people are spiritually. They're just like, we're trying to figure it out from this how perspective we haven't gone to the operating system. And the operating system isn't how to figure out life or life's problems. It is why. Hmm. Why, do, why is this problem, does this problem exist? Why am I running slowly? Why am I confused? Well, once we start to look at the operating system and find that Jesus is not the truth, which is what he's telling the Pharisees in John 8, that, that no, they're not children. They say we're children of God. You can't tell us who we are. We're descendants mm -hmm. of Abraham. We're, we're children of God. Jesus says, God is in your father. Satan is your father. Um, and and that, that is a, that's basically saying, if God were your operating system, you would believe me and believe in me. Mm -hmm. But because God's not your operating system, you've fallen for all these other apps, all these other lies, yep. and they've led you far away from the presence of God, walking with God, being a blessing to the world, all of, all of those kinds of things. So it does lead yep. to confusion. And mm -hmm. so our, our operating system has to be, uh, it has to be Jesus for the way God intended for life to work, to work. Mm -hmm. If he's not, if Jesus is in the operating system, then God's intent for your life is just not going to happen. It's not possible. You can't just, Jesus isn't an app. He is the operating system. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it was a pretty light sermon. You talked about the devil. <laughs> you gave us uh, some philosophical underpinnings for what we're talking about, but specifically when you were talking about the devil, as you're describing the OS operating system and then apps, it made me think of the three points you had with the devil. You said there is a devil for Jesus. Uh, meaning that it, the devil is is real. Second, for Jesus, uh, the devil's end goal is murder. And three, the devil, uh, his means in which he he tries to accomplish his goal is through lies. And you use this C.S. Lewis quote, um, which I don't know if you can if you can rattle that off, but basically he's saying there's no neutral ground in spiritual warfare. There's no neutral ground within the world. I think it's really easy for us to naturally think of, all right, uh, Hollywood's um, description of like an exorcism or something. Okay, that's not happening in my living room, therefore I am not in any sort of battle. I didn't sign up for anything. Uh, I didn't go to seminary. I didn't get ordained into something, so I'm just on the back the background. But that C.S. Lewis uh, quote is very potent. It's like, no, the, <laughs> the very idea of deception is that you don't realize that it's happening to you. So the idea that by saying like I'm neutral, I'm is it Switzerland? Is it going to get our? We're going to get in trouble with geography if we're doing this. Switzerland being the neutral country. Oh yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, we got it. That doesn't exist in spiritual warfare. It's right. when it's truth and lies, when it's ideologies, all this stuff. Like it bleeds into everything. There's no way of escaping it. Yeah, because because Lewis is. Um his quote on that is um, every square inch and every split second of our universe is claimed by God and counterclaimed hmm. by Satan. 
so there isn't neutral area. There is, there is, uh, there's a war that, that this is the battle underneath the battle that we see. This is good behind the good and evil behind the evil, waging it forward. This is we're not in, in a war against flesh and blood, which is what we see. We're at a war against the the darkness of the air, right? The princi- the principalities of darkness, mm-hmm. and 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 I think. What's so important for us to consider is the way Satan fights is not what many of us are used to thinking. We have kind of like a Christian paranoia mm-hmm. going on where we're like, you know, Satan's going to take me out in the darkness and he's going to, you know, he's going to send his demons after me. And it's going to be this, you know, actual like I'm going to need to like fist up and have a weapon and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, Satan seeks to destroy which he wants to murder everything. He just wants to destroy everything, mm-hmm. which makes sense. If, if if God has claimed it, Satan doesn't want to do anything with it. He doesn't want to redeem it. Right. He doesn't want to restore it. He just wants to destroy it. Yeah. And and to destroy it, his main tool to get that done is to just send lies into the yeah. cosmos. Yeah. And you can see it because we're we're confused constantly and we're we're worried and anxious constantly. We're trying to like navigate everything every single day and just wonder like what's real. Yeah. And um which which speaks to the gospel being like Jesus shows up to do a simple thing, to tell us the truth. And Christianity's claim is pretty severe. It's it's that Jesus is the truth. He is, that is what he is. And, and if he breaks through the chaos and says, I'm here to just be a truth teller to you, mm-hmm. then following him means he, we, we're holding his words. That's why we hold his words high above anybody else's. That's why we actually say we can put our ladder up against his wall because it's the only wall that won't crumble, right? Right. Mm. And it's the only one that we can trust that when we start to put our feet and our body weight into the ladder, that we're not going anywhere because the wall is, is, it's a real wall. It's not a facade. Um, and, and so for anyone in, in a chaotic environment, anybody who's, who's been tricked or deceived or whatever, um, you, you like, it begins with what is truth. And for us, like truth is Jesus and it's Jesus because it's prophesied that he would be the truth. Um, he tells us he is the truth. He, um, he, uh, is, is not only telling us truth, he is himself the personification Mm -hmm. of it and waging war back against the lies and the deceit. Yeah. So, which we should say like the thesis of, of Comer's book that, that will, expound on um more and more is it's it's deceitful ideas so like anybody listening should think like what are ideas that i hold to Mm -hmm. and are they true and how do i know whether they're true yeah so deceitful ideas that play to disordered hearts or disordered desires that are normalized by the world Mm -hmm. there's a whole system that it's not just internally things that I have believed that might be wrong, but Satan has so infused the system of the world with these deceitful ideas and these disordered hearts that 
it doesn't seem like it's a lie because it looks so normal to us. Mm -hmm. And it's why the image of Jesus in the gospel, like taking the scales off of our eyes, mm -hmm. blessed is he who, who sees, right? Who can yep. like see what is actually going on? What well, we would believe we can't see without Jesus taking the scales off our eyes yeah. and seeing ourselves, our fellow person, our God, the way that he, he actually is in reality and not the way that he's been told to us mm -hmm. or communicated to us. And we've actually challenged it by saying we want to know the truth and yep. letting Jesus continue to re reveal that. Yeah. Yeah. And the counter is when he says you have, you, you have eyes, but you do not see, right? You yeah. see, but you do not perceive yes. like that part. Yeah. So even the, and this could be kind of maybe where we land unless you want to throw something out as well. But even just the, like the deceitful ideas in being deceived, the thing, again, the thing about being deceived is you're not aware of being deceived unless you have something that is truth, like yeah. the ultimate truth that allows you to illuminate it. Yeah. So it's even just the, the conversation again about worldview, about truth, about the basis that you said when you're talking about philosophy, truth is, it is reality. Yeah. It is what is true and consistent no matter what. It is what um, what goes beyond the here and now, the how I feel, any of that stuff. And if we don't have that, then we're deceived all day, every day. Yeah. So I think that's a good question to continually ask. All right, where am I getting truth from? Where is my foundation? Does it go beyond me? Yeah. Well, and um, and psychology. I mean, this is this is another interesting piece. Just before we wrap this one up, but like psychology is bearing this out that that a person who believes they're unlovable um is that's a deceitful idea right god we're, we're made in the image of god mm -hmm. we're, in, we're inherently um, given a grace and a, and a love from god he loves the world right so there's like this thing that we we know like from god we're loved mm -hmm. but to the person who's been deceived into thinking they're unlovable and who believes the lie that they're unlovable, no matter how that lie came to you, whether it was like a traumatic experience in your family and you were abused or a really horrible, you went through a, a breakup or a divorce and, and you're just like, well, of course I did. Cause I'm, I'm just an unlovable person or something horrible was said to you or done, whatever, whatever, mm -hmm. however you came to this idea that you are unlovable, yeah. um, it plays to this disordered heart. And then it's normalized. Um, psychology says that the person that takes in that lie and and begins to really internalize it and believe it, though it's not true, can actually start to live as a right. very unlovable person. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Self-fulfilling prophecy because they just believe it. So your mind, the ideas that you hold, believe, become, behave. Mm -hmm. So it can be true in the negative sense as well. The gospel is I can believe Jesus. I can become like him in, in, in sharing in his suffering and sharing in his glory um, and be an heir um, with him, adopted as a son or a daughter. And I can behave like that. Hmm. But you can also believe something that's wrong. Become that lie. Mm -hmm. I can believe I'm unlovable, become unlovable, and behave in unlovely ways. Hmm. All because you believe lies. And that's that's why, like... This is a poignant, timely, on-purpose look at like how yeah. do we actually battle lies and get people to the truth, yeah. being Jesus, that he rescues and he saves and all that. Yeah, it, yeah, that's a formula that works no matter how you play it out. Yes. So yeah. that should be... 
that's the question we should end with. What are you, uh, say the first one again, what is your identity? Who are you? What is the B? Uh, Believe. Believe. Like, what do you believe? And how is that shaping who you're becoming? Yes. And and how can we see that in how you're behaving? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, actually, the last thing I'll say is that you quoted the Usual Suspects, and you still have not seen that movie, have you? <laughs> Look no. in the camera. <laughs> I haven't seen the Usual Suspects. Thanks for being with us. <laughs>